Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. I'm Mikey. The E stands for evil. I'm the Gamer in Yellow. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. And tonight we have, for Icker Fall, The Song and Dance Man. So, The Song and Dance Man was submitted by Dylan Charles on the Icker Falls community website under the submissions section. And uh, I'll just uh, dive into this one. Uh, our narrator, George, who we actually have a name now, we have a name for, right, um, is recounting the terrifying events of 1956, where the townsfolk of Belcarn or Belcairn, um, encountered an individual called the Song and Dance Man. Uh, the Song and Dance Man came out of nowhere with a carnival tent, lured just about everyone in town into the tent with the promise of singing and dancing the night away. And the townsfolk did, until several of them died. Um, they were all enthralled under the music of the song and dance man's fiddle, and could not stop dancing. Even when they like, fainted and died, they rose like back. Literally enthralled, not just like, wow, he's yeah, good. Yeah, no, they, do this now. yeah they were <laughs> literally like, in, in some kind of like, magical or supernatural like, um, control. <laughs> Um, hence why when they, even when they fainted and died, they rose back up and started dancing. Mm. <laughs> um, it was terrifying. It was a terrifying experience for all involved, uh, and only stopped in the morning when the song and dance man let them, let the living and injured victims, uh, go and kept the 21 who had died. Um, the song and dance man, his tent and the dead all vanished as fast as he had appeared. Uh, leaving the town to try and forget this horrible event. Um, basically, it completely traumatized a lot of people in that town, including his friends, um, who were changed forever. Um, even decades later, um, such uh, George's friend, Sam, who, who lost his leg that day uh, and now sits on his porch, just looking out uh, from, his, from his porch. Uh, occasionally, George will visit Sam but won't stay long because sometimes the music and he fears it'll, it'll start over again. Uh, and that's basically, um, kind of on that note. So I guess we will go on to uh, someone's favorite segment of our show. I think tolerates that grammar inquisitions at this point. Um, so I'm going to start with this one here. Uh, her hair was whipsawed every which way and one strand stuck to the end of her nose. Whipsawed? So I, I Googled this one. It's a verb, and it's it, it comes from North America. Uh, it's in past tense, whipsawed, past per, partis, uh, participle, uh, whipsawed. Um, uh, cut with a whipsaw, because it's a type of lumber, or like a lumberjack tool for cutting down large trees. Mm -hmm. um, he was whipsawing lumber. Uh, informally, though, it has this meaning. Um, subject to two difficult situations or opposing pressure at the same time, the army has been whipsawed by the shrinking budget and a growing pool of recruits. And another informal meaning for it is to compel to do something. 
Um, and then there's also one for uh, informal for the stock market, um, subject to double loss, as when buying a security, but or buying a security before the price falls and selling before the price rises in two ways at once, or by the conclusion by the collusion of two others. Does this word mean fucking everything? I felt like you're going to continue with more and more. The word, like it, it's it's also like it's the English language, and there are multiple. Like people, there's slangs for things that yeah. that end up in our in our in our dictionary. So I'm guessing it's used as a as the compelling to do something slang of the word. But I had to double check because I was like, I'm pretty sure that I I I'm pretty sure I I know what this what they're using this word for. But I need to make sure because I've never heard of whipsaw before. Well, um, I thought it as uh, her hair going in two directions because. Okay, yeah, could have been that. With that yeah, because a whipsaw is the one where you have like two saw. It's a saw. The, it's a big band saw that like people have. Uh, like, there's a person on either end of it uh, with like the handles, and they're like basically like working back and forth to cut a tree. Yeah, right? I did a, a Google image search for whipsawed hair, and uh, I got images of people pulling out their hair or people that didn't have any hair because they'd already pulled it down. Whoa. <laughs> okay, that gets a little, <laughs> a little bit darker than from what uh, from what the, I think the insinuation is, but I. I think it's probably supposed to just mean that like uh, it's it's using the way of either like it was going like every which way like, different directions or that it was being compelled like to go all crazy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Uh, and then we have this sentence here. Uh, I thought about and checked the clock. Uh, and this one is just I think it's supposed to be I thought about it and checked the clock because he's like being he's checking uh, he's checking to see if he has um, the uh, like when his shift is done from work and if he has time to like leave and go to this uh see what this whole like song and dance man thing's all about um and then my next one is i walked down to buy that i walked down to bandstand by myself not bothering to wait for for the others and i think this one you need to add a the so it would be i walked down to the bandstand by myself um on to the next one Bill and I walked faster down the path that led, or sorry, that lead to the tent. So with this, it, it has to be like it's it just had to remove the last tense of led or of, of that word. So it's they, uh, Bill and I walked faster down the path that led to the tent. Um, and then my next one here is kind of a nitpicky thing, but also has an it uh, has a, a, a like a a removal. I'd read that it's some folks are born with six fingers, but reading about something and seeing it are two different things. So I think at first I thought it was like, I think you need to change that it to an if, but I think you just need to remove that it entirely. So it reads, um, I had read that some folks are born with six fingers. Um, and this might be, I'm not sure. Like, I, so this is a narrator telling us this account, but it's not in dialogue because there's no quotes. Mm-hmm. So, and the rest of the story is told well enough without like, with, with like there's, there's a character to the store, to the writing, but there is no like slang terms like you see in, in, in dialogue. So why did you make reading and seeing not reading and seeing like the proper word when you did that mm-hmm. for everything else that isn't in quotes? <laughs> it just like, uh, sorry. You sure that's not in quotes? I, as far as I know. Yeah, it's not in quotes. 
Yeah, it, it's him talking about it like like during his like recounting of the Song and Dance Man events. It's not like a, a dialogue that he has with one of his friends. So yeah, but this is also written in character. I, I understand that, but every other time in the story, like he hasn't used slang outside of like a quoted dialogue from like the events. So I'm I'm just saying like you you, you should switch. You should keep you should keep to like proper writing or proper format. I don't know, man, because I see like a cuz as well, like apostrophe cuz. Hmm. Then that might also be an issue because I don't know. It's like I, I just I don't like it. <laughs> like yeah, the character talks like that when he's saying words, though. I understand so... that, but he doesn't. But he uses those words like reading and seeing. Like he he doesn't have them all like that like elsewhere in the story. So why this one situation? Because it's informal writing. I guess. I don't know. That's the way I see it, personally. Fair. That's fair. Um, it's open to interpretation. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess take it or leave it. If like you think it's more immersive for like this this uh, yokel guy, or this like kind of, like, not not yokel, but like a country guy, uh, or informal, like, writer, like, writing this. But, like, I personally, I think, like, if you're going to do that kind of thing, you should keep that to to the quoted, like, dialogue. And, like, because the, the rest of the writing does have kind of a flair or a character of that, but it's it's also it's it's almost like it's it's properly written, um, as if it should be written down. But I guess I guess take it or leave it. <laughs> uh, and then my next one here, um, he's clap his hands, and that's as close to a pause he was willing to do. So I think this one just needs to switch the s around. So it's he claps his hands. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Past tense, clapped. Oh, or that? Yeah, I guess that too. Yeah, yeah. He clapped his hands. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then this is another word I discovered while reading the story, or like one that I had to question, and then I found out that it's actually a word or a term. Um, there was Mrs. Crenshaw, our junior year English teacher, who was in her fifties. Is Mrs. a term? Like it's M I S S U S. And I was like, is that actually like a way to write that? And I looked up it and sure enough, noun, informal, a person's wife. Uh, I promised the missus I'd be home by 11. And then informal British um, use as a formal to address to a woman whose name is not known. Sit down, missus. So almost like it's informal writing. Hmm. I I know, I know. <laughs> but I and I'm not saying I'm not saying it this this isn't like a, a negative against it. I just like, oh, I didn't realize that was actually a word. I just yeah. thought it was like I didn't real or I didn't realize it was a it was a term that's recognized. Mm-hmm. It just it just looked like it just looked like a misspelled version of Mrs. <laughs> but um but yeah, that's uh, that's my grammar acquisitions. So uh Mikey, these stands for evil. Alright. The one that I have here, which seemed out of place, was at one point there was a weird question mark in a diamond uh, followed by an actual question mark. Yeah, I'm surprised you missed that call test. I I did see that. I ignored it. (laughs) Okay. Doing your job real good. Hey man, I don't give a shit about Grammar Inquisition as much as you guys do. Say that, you probably have more than both of us combined. That's just because I, I, there, there are some ones that are glaring, but yeah, sure. Yeah, because Google Docs tells you. Shut up. Uh-huh. It's not always Google Docs. I am semi-good at proofreading. 
Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Please continue. Yes. Yeah. So so that was weird and didn't make much sense. Um, I may have also thought that it, because it was in Google Docs that it was like just like some kind of like a program error that it was just like doing quotes or something. No, no, it's there. Oh, good. <laughs> the okay. Page. Yeah. All right. That's kind of weird then. Yeah, it's actually there, and you can like copy and paste it and everything. Yeah, that's that's really weird then. The other weird part about that is it doesn't even need a question mark at all. <laughs> this is the sentence, folks. It's time for the dance, so come in. There probably should be a comma there as well. Folks, it's yeah. time for the dance, comma. So come in. Um, come on well, in. Yeah, yeah. But, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, well, because it's the song and dance, man. He like doesn't do breaks. Like he doesn't pause at all. So it's just like what yeah. it's it's a it's one all one long word because he just doesn't seem to have breath or like need to need to like breathe. <laughs> I mean, he does, but regardless, he talks yeah. fast. So yeah. Once again, folks, it's time for the dance. So come in, come on in, everyone. One because it's time for the dance to begin. Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, that's why <laughs> I thought it was like time for the dance to begin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is your last chance to not. <laughs> I think it's gonna start now. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Let me check my watch again. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Chills. Yeah. <laughs> Song and dance man. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> just like that, like where everything is just like, uh, at, like said as as a question. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, I think it's really just you needed to put an end quote there because yeah. after that, like, because that's the end of the quote, and then it goes on to what he's doing. See, that's what I thought it might have been like some kind of like a hiccup, and I I just didn't go and check oh. the actual the original like source material to see if it had uh, it was also there. But yeah, I thought it was basically just going to be like like the end quotes for dialogue. But... Yeah, there's no end quotes. The rest of the story is like, <laughs> no. Oh God, he's like it's 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 the uh, it's the um, the song and dance man gambit. If 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 I don't if I don't put end quotes, everything is dialogue. And I can't get Grammar Inquisition for it. You <laughs> monsters. You <laughs> monsters. Uh, we like to have fun here, guys. Hmm. All right. Yes. And then uh, the next thing that I have here is uh, I got it. I got and. and yep. I have a couple buts and a so. Yeah, I saw a bunch of those. And I was like, I'm just gonna leave those because that's 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 Mikey's territory. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't yeah, want. I don't want to stump on his toes. We want to take his jerb. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. So I guess a conjunction junction with a happy helping of of it. <laughs> it and and. Yeah. Well, it isn't and like part of the conjunction junction. Yeah. 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 All right. <clears throat> and now a conjunction junction with a happy helping of an it story. Take it away, Mikey. And you gotta see this guy. It was near about five, and time for me to quit anyway. And they were on the same team, too. But now there was a huge faded yellow tent blocking the bandstand. Or the kinds those old revival ministers like to use when they're feeling the spirit and they like to feel your wallet too. 
It looked like the whole town had shown up to see the song and dance man. It was Reverend Harper, the Baptist minister. And here he was, lining up to get inside the tent too, because he certainly wasn't preaching. It looked old, older than the crate, older than the town. Older than the dream, younger than the mountains, oh, oh I gotta pee, catch roads. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. Aw, oh, damn it. <laughs> Um, uh, it seemed like something ancient, and he just never stopped talking. And then he grinned a grin that must have shown every one of his teeth. And with that, he hopped down from his crate, grabbed it up with the fiddle, and darted through the tent flap. It was huge inside. It was like looking up at a starless night sky where the moon didn't dare show her face. It wasn't just the young people either. It really was the whole damn town. It was already getting warm in there, and I was feeling cramped and claustrophobic. And then... He began to play. It made the air around us crackle and spark. It loosened the joints and jolted the mind. It was hot and getting hotter in there, and it wasn't long before it smelled of sweat and bodies moving against bodies. It was a while before I realized that the song and dance man was singing too, but in a language I didn't understand. So I just tried to stop, and I couldn't, and then fell to the floor. But he still got back up, and then they got back and kept dancing, grinning their grins. And still, she was trying to get up to keep moving. And then it stopped. And then marched to the tent flaps. It was a miracle we could walk. And saw at least 20 people still standing there. And then I turned my back to him and left the tent. And warm nights and wet nights, and dry nights. And I stayed here, plugging away at the hardware store. And I'll catch him, humming a faint trace of a song, and the hairs of my neck stand on end, and goosebumps rise on my arm in great knots, and my foot will start to tap out a small beat on the hardwood porch and a big wide grin will spread across Sam's face. Finn. Well, that was a, a great second uh, rundown <laughs> of the story. Yep, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Holy pretty shit. Much. I mean, like, 
So sorry for my interjection. I couldn't hold it back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I understand. I, although I was, like, thank you for thank you for using for being off key so that we don't get a uh, copyright banned. Oh, of course, I can't be on key if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it really is the entire story that like has that, but it, it's also again to kind of like throw throw a counter that that they or that gamer used earlier. This is, it's almost like this entire story is like a dialogue to a degree. It's just a dialogue without quotations. <laughs> it's a dialogue with George talking to himself. Yeah. <clears throat> like, if, if if this had been um, like a Frank Belk, or uh, a uh, Frank Belkneck long so- story where he, at, he, basically the entire story is, is in quotes that just never end. Like it's basically a dialogue. It's it's just nothing but a dialogue. As somebody tells an, uh, somebody off camera, or uh, like the reader who's supposed to be a character, this, the the uh, the events that happened, we'd have no problem because it was one hundred percent dialogue. So we can't do anything about it. <laughs> it's just how the character talks. I mean, that's happened before, and we have done things about it. So no. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and again, like this is all critically silly stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, goddamn, that's a lot of ands and conjunctions. Mm-hmm. But it, it kind of makes sense giving the character that is talking because they are very informal. Yeah, like, it's like an old like like I can I can see this old man sitting in front of me telling me this story about what's going on. Hmm. But yeah, it it's still a lot of conjunctions. But uh, yeah. Mike, is that, is that it for your uh, your grammar positions? Yeah, yeah, you got the rest that I got. Cool. Uh, then I guess on to uh, Gamer and his, his grammar in yellow. Mm-hmm, indeed. So, um, where is this? At the very start, I think? Yeah, okay, first sentence. Um... Oh, God. So, is it, wait, hang on, hang on, before we start. Is this going to be one where you go, like, you're going to, are, are you going to cover the entire story, like, Every little bit, or no? Okay, good. not at all. Um, okay. All right. So, first sentence it says, "There are a few now left alive who remember the song Dance Man." I kind of feel, feel the wording of that is a little off, at least for my personal preferences. I feel like it's more, um, it's more natural if it's there are only a few left alive who remember the song and Dance Man. Instead yeah. of there are a few now left alive. Well, I mean, for your cosmo- cosmopolitan like viewpoint, yeah, against this yokels country bumpkin style of writing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I totally. can't even keep a straight face when saying no, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get you, but that's just a nitpick, kind of. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I think the majority of our stuff is for for this is because it's really informal writing. <laughs> Yeah. This next part. During the summer, there'd be concerts, colon, performances by the school marching band, comma, a choir, a church choir singing some hymns, comma, that kind of thing. Um, can I get a check on how a colon should be used in this? Because right now I don't know if concerts is meant to be a, a separate thing or if it's saying that there would be concerts and here are all the types of concerts. Including I, the marching band, a choir, and that kind of thing. I think so. Let me just look at yeah, that. It, yeah, it's uh, used to before a list. Yeah. 
So it's a list of two things, two things and random, and like God knows what else. Two is enough to warrant a a colon, in my opinion. Two is technically a list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can just it, comma it out. <laughs> this and that, you know. It is the bare bones of a list, but yes. <laughs> I'll put it in a nitpick then. <laughs> I'm in the nook today. Get out! <laughs> no, it's fine. Oh, also, okay, wait, uh, hey, yeah, sorry. I, I saw, like, yelling, and I was like, oh, wait, maybe he did do another another uh, yelling and some of that, but no, it's all in quotations. Damn it. There was that one that I pointed out earlier. Yeah, that there was is. Because. Where is that one? On the paragraph is we still couldn't see him. Oh, okay. At the bottom. Gotcha. But please Are you looking for it? Yeah, I'll, I'm looking at it. Well, you, you can continue. Sorry. Okay. All right, so this one is um, the okay. The end of a paragraph is basically saying, um, but somehow the parks committee passed an ordinance that banned rock and roll in the park, small towns, you know. And then jumps to the next paragraph. But now there was a huge faded yellow tent blocking the bandstand, like the kind in the circus or the kinds those old revival ministers like to use when they're feeling the spirit. Uh, that's probably not a quote either. Ooh, informal. Feeling the spirit, and they like to feel your wallet too, period. And then it jumps to the next paragraph. So I don't know why that one sentence in the middle about the, the faded yellow tent is important enough to need its entire, like, for that one long sentence to have its own paragraph. I feel like it should just be clicked into the next paragraph. Might have been because he like got confused. Like, man, that's that, that's got to be that's got to warrant that that length's got to warrant a paragraph. <laughs> it's, it's really not that long though in here. Yeah, I was making a joke about long long winded sentences, but okay, I get it. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, yeah. I'll just leave. <laughs> oh, I understand what you said. It just wasn't funny. Yeah, that's why I said it. I just, I'll just leave. <laughs> move on. Move on. That's <laughs> a couple of times through here. There have been. It's jumping paragraphs when it doesn't really need to, it seems. Mm-hmm. Then, um, in regards to him having six fingers, it says, I started when I saw that, which I believe, I, I did, I forgot to write this down, but I believe it's meaning, like, I I was started, like, I was scared, basically. Startled. Yeah, you were startled, yeah. But, like, if you awoke with a start, that means you're waking up startled, right? Yeah, yeah so you, wake up with a, you wake up with a, like, <laughs> like yeah. Exactly. So when it says I started when I saw that, it's kind of like what? Yeah, exactly. Cool, but that's not the main reason I'm here. Okay, cool. <laughs> I started when I saw that. Period. I had read that some folks are born with six fingers, comma, but reading uh, and seeing are two different things and all that. Um, and I feel like this one needs to be um, a couple of things cut out and it was put in. So I was started when I saw that, because it put it puts it more. Or back even I was startled. Yeah. <clears throat> well, started is fine because it's old timey and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, and the, again, this guy. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, we're we're dealing with somebody who's using an act like like dialect from like the fifties or like an, like an old timer type mm-hmm. character. And I don't remember if you mentioned this because you you were talking about something in here too. But it's I had read that it some folks are born. Yeah, yeah, that's where I said remove the it because oh. um, 
because otherwise it, like because that because i was like at first i was like should it be an if but no it should just be like the it should just be removed so that it's, yeah. it makes it more clear for sure yeah and uh talked about that the crowd kept driving us and more and more people poured in i put a long pause in there but there's no comma um Another personal opinion, but personally, I'd prefer I'd prefer it as as more people poured in because it's it's mentioning yeah. the reason that they're being pushed because of the people pouring in. Yeah, it, it's almost like the it's saying the crowd was driving them, but the fact that more people are pouring in isn't the reason behind it in its current layout. That's fair. Yeah, it's again kind of the more like the issue with like the dialect and. The informal informality of the uh, of the story itself, <laughs> mm-hmm. like and then my last one, yeah. Oh, god. I was just saying, it's like, yeah, it's like it's kind of like it's it's kind of a dilemma with the story because, like, do you do you do the do you make these corrections and sacrifice the character of the writing, or do you give up part of the character of the writing and and make it more correct, like grammar wise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but correct these days and correct the then days are very different. Exactly, yeah. Okay, moving on yeah. uh, to my last one. Right after mentioning that uh, the Song of Dance Man is up there singing in another language, it says, He lorded over us, standing on that platform, making his fiddle sing and sing. So when I read this, because it was right after saying that he's singing in another language, I didn't know if it was saying this line that like his fiddle is making music and he's singing along with it, or if it's doubling down on saying his fiddle is making tune after tune of great music. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it just mentioned that he's actually singing. Yeah. It should have maybe made a little bit more clear that he is also singing while he's playing his his fiddle. Mm-hmm. One would assume, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it just sucks that the previous sentence used sing to talk about vocals, and then the next sentence was using sing to talk about the fiddle because the yep. English language sucks. <laughs> yep. I hate it. There's, there's worse. Literally, there are literally three different versions of the English language. There is the Cana- there is the Ameri- there's the, uh, the 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 English or uh, what is it? Uh, the Queen's English. <laughs> there is yeah. American English. And then there's the bastardized Canadian version <laughs> that is kind of like a combination of both. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Like we try to follow like the, the Queen's English up here, but like, come on, it's still like sometimes like we get we get suckered in by our southern brothers. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but we can understand Americans way more than we can understand people. People. Hence that. why I say like we try to do the Queen's English, like because like some of our spelling is is the Queen's English, but at the same time, like we we tend to adopt the, our neighbors basically. Thanks for cutting me off, but oh, yeah, I'm saying that. We can understand Americans way easier than we can uh, understand English people speaking English English, like in Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and then there's also and then there's also Australia. There's also Australian English. <laughs> Basically, yeah. every country that is a product of the Commonwealth of England has its own version of English. Yeah, it's the worst. Yep. Well, that's it for my grammar-related discrepancies. Yeah. All right, so uh, I guess we will dive into actual thoughts. Um, so here's my first one. Um, 
You had to have someone like him around to tell how to do things, like take apart the principal's car and rebuild it in the school gym. Not that we ever did anything like that. And so I read this as like, is this, this is the second time this week I have read or listened to someone tell this kind of story of a prank. Um, oh, yeah. Though the first time I, I, I heard it, it was they reassembled the car on the roof of the school. Nice. <laughs> was this a thing that happens <laughs> like, or, or like that happened? Like, did people actually like back in like the back in the day, like in the 50s, 60s or like. Like in the er, in the in the last like couple of decades, is that a thing that people did as a prank for in high school? Like, take apart a car and put it on the and reassemble it on the roof. Like, I know some cars in like the fifties and and like early times were not as sophisticated as cars today. So I could I could guess I could see that, but no parts would be light enough to bring up stairs or like, up no ladders. Matter how, no matter how much you disassemble it, you would not be able to bring the freaking like heavy steel chassis. Of a uh, of a car up there, or you know the engine block and all that. But yeah, but I've heard this story before, like multiple, like on uh, like several times. Like, okay. is this like some kind of like a like a, a a tall tale or like a prank that like from like the from like an early to- an earlier age? Like, it's just um, like what the fuck? <laughs> yes, it, yes, Mike. I just did a Google search, and uh, in 2016. Uh, students put a sports car on school roof as a graduation prank. So, so, so it isn't an old timey thing. It still happens. It's just like a school thing. Yeah, and uh, they built a wooden structure to use as the frame for the reassembled car, so they didn't. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the whole car. So they stripped the car down. Like take all the body panels off and yeah. glass out and stuff, and then just reassemble it on a fake chassis. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Then yes. So that is apparently a thing that people did, <laughs> apparently, and do, and do as of, as of twenty sixteen, and probably later. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that is that is a hell of a prank. Because <laughs> I do remember, like, some of our friends who like would t- like like some of our fr- like Captain Selenum, um would talk about like how he. Uh, uh, like like in high school, he was part of the auto shop class, and they would like di- they would uh the the teacher would buy a, like a junker, and then they'd spend the semester basically like tuning it up and fixing it. Um, so I know that like I I know that car, like high schools had that kind of like car class or that kind of like auto shop course and stuff like that, but I didn't realize like how I I didn't I didn't know I didn't think that they'd actually be able to like go as far as to like do a prank of that kind of like magnitude but I guess like with the, with a the wooden chassis and like not taking the whole car up there all right that makes a little bit more sense yeah it's probably the steering wheel just kind of like sort of pegged in place but not even the sh- the drive shaft yeah the it's, it's, shaft and stuff. yeah it's it's basically just like an April Fool's type gag yeah yeah. Okay. But that, still, the dude's car is in pieces. So yeah. It's still <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's still it's still possible. It's just like wow, that's a that's a prank and a dick move. <laughs> mm-hmm. Depending on how, on who the person who the owner of the car is, anyway. <laughs> yep. Um. All right. And then, uh, I as I started reading the story, I got a bit of a kitchen segment. Um. In that, like, in like, uh, working on like Cthulhu stuff for this. And so I'm just going to read the quote that kind of really kicked it off. And I have another quote, uh, like halfway through my, my kitchen segment, but I'll just start with the first one here. So, uh, he was there on the center tent pole 
sitting on a small wooden platform about 20 feet off the floor. God knows how he got up there because there certainly wasn't any ladder going on, going up. Oh, there's another going there. Yep. All right. There's another, another, uh, apostrophe without, uh, without a, a G at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he dangled his feet over the edge and held his fiddle in one hand and a bow in the other. The fiddle and bow seemed to be made of the same dark wood. The floor was and gleamed in the candlelight like it was alive. I almost doubted that the fiddle even needed the song in Dance Man to make its strings hum. We all looked up at him, and he grinned and jumped to his feet, while the crowd gasped, worried he might plummet into their midst. And then he began to play. All right, so this is my kitchen time. So I would definitely set this in the 50s period, um, in like Call of Cthulhu, or even maybe Delta Green. Um... Though I could see pushing this really to any time period and just having the song and dance man like as a traveling monster or entity, the song and dance man's song and fiddle would could be a replication or just a similar artifact or or thing or anomaly to the music and works of Eric Zahn, which is a Lovecraft story um, uh, that has a uh, has has whereas music uh, has dark and eldritch properties, um, depending on how you play it. Uh, the song and dance man himself, I, I could see being either like a spring Jack, like trickster entity, or perhaps even an avatar of Nyar Lethotep, um, who in his debut story by HBL had a very showman-esque persona as like, uh, he was more of like a Tesla like type figure who was like displaying the wonders of electricity, but then also revealing to the audience, the horrors of the cosmos. Um, and causing them all to riot and like kill each other and such. Um, but you could have Nyarlathotep basically take on a similar persona of that of like the showman, and where he's like he gets people in, lures people into his tent, and then dances them to death. Um, and then perhaps even still, um, you could have you could you could re- retool or rework the dark young of Shabnigaroth, who. Uh, and have them shift or change into this whole like dancing dancing tent setup and create a allure like kind of like uh illusion or something like that um as the song and dance man to get people into the tent and then um and then have it like kind of have like basically have it select like how what it's going to eat by who drops from the dancing um, like sort of like kind of like uh, picking at the picking away at the herd, like picking the weakest from the herd. Um, yeah, the weakest link situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and the reason like for like the using the song and dance man is like kind of almost like an illusionary tongue and mouth uh, or a mouthpiece uh, comes from a later like from another description of the of the song and dance man where he's like got like a red striped a red pinstriped suit and like uh like white teeth and stuff like that it's like he's basically the he's literally the uh the um uh the mouthpiece for the uh for the creature or for this entity um so yeah i i and like he and like i said like he lures people in he dances them he 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 controls them with the uh with like a siren-esque song from the fiddle um and they're like the reason why i'm kind of using the dark young or why it kind of came up into my mind is that there there's a strange little focus of like the wood on the floor and like it's made of the same dark wood made from the of the fiddle so it's like maybe that's like kind of like the the key to like that this thing is like some kind of like the dark young or something is that it's that's like kind of the one like kind of giveaway that it's a creature 
um because the the floor is even like it's like it, it was moved here like as if but from nowhere and then but it's like perfectly polished for like dancing and such so hmm. yeah i just i really got this like idea for like I, I was really inspired by this idea to like use a like the dark young or nair left the tap or really just to try and like use this uh, as fodder for a call of cthulhu game where like an entity comes through a town and basically tests to see who's uh who's worthy to be to be food for it <laughs> by by offing them uh in this like kind of um sort of pied piper kind of way so uh yeah that's yeah, that, that yeah that that was my that's that's my kitchen segment there's just like wow this is straight up like a cthulhu scenario like waiting to happen like like basically everyone lost sand at the end of the at the end of it like everybody had like had lost at least 10 to 20 sand from the uh from the the from the uh the dancing like the terrible dancing um uh, not not the terrible the terrifying dancing stint yeah, they, they danced all, awesome yeah they danced awesome unfortunately <laughs> yeah um from the terrifying dancing stint that happened and then they were all basically just like shuffled out and anybody who stayed in the tent basically got eaten uh, and then the creature just vanished. Like as soon as like the character like walks away from the tent and then looks back and he's gone. Like as as well as the tent. So it's like definitely some kind of like entity or like supernatural thing afoot here. Um, and the town suffered like like some kind of mental trauma ever since. Um, so yeah, I just I really really got inspired for it. I might actually like take some inspiration from the story and write it into a Cthulhu scenario sometime down the road. Um, but. Uh, that is, that's, that's my kid. Sorry, what? Very good for those sand rolls. Yeah. I yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. Um, like basically this is just like, like in, in, in Cthulhu spells, this would basically, the fiddle just has a, a very powerful dominate person spell. <laughs> like, it mm. like just, you, yeah, basically just tell like, you can't break from it. You're just like, until, until it stops. So, and like the, the fiddle itself might be the monster. And again, like the, uh, the song and dance man isn't even a person or an entity, or it might just be a puppet to the the fiddle, because it it says that the fiddle is incredibly old, or like the the container for the fiddle is is incredibly old, like older than the town itself. So, mm. I mean, Strip says that he's not even sure that the fiddle needs the song and dance man to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I, it actually kind of reminds me of another Cthulhu related thing. Um, the uh, the folks over at Ragnard Rock uh, actual play podcast. Um, they're doing a, a campaign right now called Amerinomicon. And in one of the scenarios that, uh, that Alex, the, the GM, uh, uh, wrote for it, he, he used the idea of Eric Zahn, um, in this, in the scenario where like, a, there's basically a bounty hunter who uses a guitar that is a, a Zahn guitar. And it, it is a eldritch horror that is, is trapped within an instrument. Um, and it, it allow it basically whoever, whoever strums from them, from the, from the, uses the guitar and strums from it, um, allows, uh, uh, like it allows for like crazy supernatural abilities to be used from it. But the thing requires blood. So it, it feeds on, on its, on whoever, uh, the, uh, the artist, uh, or the, uh, the musician can find for food. Like basically you had to like put somebody's arm into the, uh, into the guitar slot or into the guitar hole. And it starts eating the person from there, or starts draining them of their blood. So that could be what the the the, the song and dance man does to the the victims. Is it just feeds them to the the fiddle? Yeah, because we don't even know exactly. Here and it's over. Yeah, 
but that 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 did that empty space or that like that uh sort of like that subtext or that like kind of white space there gives people like the fodder to like add to like kind of come up with your own like stuff for it mm-hmm. um especially for this cthulhu kitchen idea i had so so yeah you could either have it be like its own like kind of been, like um like creature concocted or like inspired by eric zahn's music mon- uh, monstrosities uh an avatar of nyarlathotep the crawling chaos uh or take the um take kind of the the wood approach and and use the uh and and take a new spin on on the um uh on the dark young of shubnigaroth and and kind of i guess even blend it a little bit with like the dianaya house in that the house is not is that the house itself or the tent itself is the creature as well as the fiddle and the uh the song and dance man is really just the the lure or the tongue for the monster so um i will i will step away from the kitchen now <laughs> saying my after say uh, after saying my piece there and uh move on to my next uh actual thought uh so this is the quote the smell of blood mixed with the sweat and i couldn't breathe anymore the air was thick and from all around i could hear cries screams but nothing that drowned out the fiddle or the song and dance man singing uh so there's about two pages, and this is just a little like quip. And the reason why I, I'm just using this quote, but there's about two pages of of that damning dance and and the perilous performance described of like the people like basically like dying and suffering in their dance of death. And I don't see that as a bad thing. Like for for being a lengthy description of like the horror that happens, it it has some visceral moments that are described of the, these poor people that are like dancing seemingly like of their own, uh, like without their own volition and uh, for like such a prolonged period of time, but it never goes overboard with the visceralness and it hammers out the, it hammers home the, the terrifying concept of being trapped in your own body and not being able to stop and witnessing everyone else, you know, is on in the same boat like like everyone like is is or uh, the majority of these people who aren't like just like completely enraptured by the song there's like you can there's descriptions of like darting eyes and terrified eyes as they are unable to do anything but dance um yeah it's almost like um um night terrors yeah exactly. like yeah you're dreaming of just laying there and you can't do anything but you're aware yeah, one hundred percent. And like the re- what I was getting at with the uh, the two pages, like because in some stories, if it was if it was two pages of like this kind of like description and stuff like that, I probably would have been bored. But this entire time, I was like, I was like, man, that's a long like setup. Oh, like, there's almost like um like slow burn, but not slow burn horror because it's a lengthy amount of time to te- to describe the horror that's happening, but it's enthralling. About as enthralling as the fiddle is to these people. <laughs> mm. Um, another thing that kind of brings up with this, with the whole like dancing of uh, dance of death kind of thing, is it actually reminds me of a phenomena that happened back in the Middle Ages, where entire small towns were said to uh, just start dancing, and until they expired, like people like couldn't stop moving and like like dancing around in the streets. Um, oh, dance man just came to town. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's kind of what it, it reminded me of. It's like I wonder, like if if the writer, uh, like borrowed any kind of ideas or like some inspiration from those those supposed uh, events. I don't think they we've ever. I don't think they've ever 
um, 100% um, figured out if that was actually a real thing or not. Uh, I'd, I'd have to do a little bit more research on that. Uh, if anybody would like to comment about that, please leave it in our email or in the comments section below. But um, yeah, there, there are reports like from like the Middle Ages and stuff in like France and, and even in England, I believe, or like Germany, where like towns would just drop dead after dancing for like days. Um, and it was like some kind of weird phenomena that would happen. So yeah, it, honestly, with this, it's just it's the same thing except the song and dance. We actually have the culprit is the song and dance band. Uh, and then uh, and then is my last actual thought that is kind of big. Um, so I'm gonna start with this. So we've got to the quote. Uh, the, there's a quote at the end. Uh, I, I won't repeat the whole thing because it's a paragraph. Um, but basically, like everyone traumatized. Um, our narrator is uh, like came, stayed stayed in the. Uh, in uh in bell cairn um worked at that hardware store like till his old age and um uh eventually goes in, or, and uh, occasionally goes and hangs out with his friend sam who's like suffered a lot from the the whole event um and then yeah we get to the part where it's like and uh, like uh, uh he'll catch him uh he'll catch sam humming the faint trace of a song and the hairs on the neck are the the hairs on my neck stand up on end and goosebumps rise on my arms in great knots and my foot starts to tap out a small beat on the hardwood porch and a big wide grin will spread across sam's face the grin of the song and dance man and that's where the story ends and it's a good ending for a creepy story um and the story i think is has a very is very good and creepy um, for uh, a story about an entity that uh, that comes into town and basically the aftermath of that entity's um, interactions with the townsfolk, like the both the short term and the long term aftermath of the song and dance man's uh, turn to uh, to uh, Bell Cairn. My problem is that what does this have to do with Icker Falls? Um, so I did a little bit of research on 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 uh on the uh, like trying to hunt down the sea if bell cairn exists um in west virginia uh so there is a town called bell not bell cairn but bell um on the uh kanawa river which does branch from the ohio river which is the river that goes through uh Icker falls um but it diverges at point pleasant which is nor uh but a half hour north from where Icker falls is supposed to exist also, fun fact, if you type in Icker Falls location on Google, they will give you Google Map coordinates. And it's on Google Maps. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we've seen it on that before. Yeah, I, I well, I, I either had forgotten or I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it, but like, yeah, it's right there on Google Maps. Like, Icker Falls is, is there. It's not there. It's not actually there because it's a fictional town. But somebody has, has put that into Google Map. <laughs> um, so, um, and the the town of Bell, if uh, assuming that Bell is supposed to be Bell Cairn, which I mean, it, again, it could just be another fictional town or what have you, uh, is about an hour's drive from Micker Falls. So, I just I just feel that if it, there should be some kind of mention in the story to connect this little town to Icker Falls, similar to how like Cedar Cove and other stories have have done so, like they. Like with Cedar Cove, it was like it was a neighboring town to Icker Falls, and Icker Falls is mentioned in the story. Um, and there's usually some kind of connective tissue between 
Icker Falls and uh and a in a story um that isn't in Icker Falls. Like there's some kind of like artifact or some person from Icker Falls that ends up in the town that isn't Icker Falls. Um an interesting note is that Bell Cairn, when I translate from French and Spanish, like Bell in French and Cairn in Spanish, uh, it translates to beautiful meat. <laughs> okay, then. So I wonder if that has anything any relevance to the story, like if that was a, if, or if that was like an intention, or if that was just a really fun, creepy coincidence. Because the way it's, I mean, the monster showed up to to get food. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I wonder if that was like I, I have a feeling that was probably intentional. But if it's not, that's a really fun coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I just, there. My problem with the story, really, like the 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 biggest problem with my story, uh, the biggest problem with the story I have is that I don't really see uh, outside of it being a supernatural entity in a town in West Virginia. I don't see any real connection between this this town or this story and Icker Falls. Um, but maybe I'm just not seeing something. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, it, 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 I was kind of that. Like, I love the story, but it just there's no connective tissue to. So why is it submitted on Icker Falls? I mean, um, it was accepted, so <laughs> I, you're right. But at the same time, like, I just I really wish there was some kind of connective thing that's that's really the end of my actual thoughts it's just like uh i love the stories like it's good fodder for for a horror story and it's a good horror story in itself i just wish there was connective tissue dick falls i will stop repeating myself sorry maybe there's a story that came before or after this in regards to there being some magical fiddle in ecker falls that was all of a sudden vanished one day and then no one know what happened to it and then all of a sudden this story comes up you know, well, down. I guess we're just going to have to uh, continue diving into Icker Falls every year. Oh, great. For submissions. I, <laughs> I don't know. You like Icker Falls. Don't even pretend. I know it. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my actual thoughts. So, Mikey, the stands for evil. Alright. Um, my, my first actual thought here um, actually goes along a bit of the Lovecraftian vibe that uh, Cultist was bringing out earlier. But on a different note, because I had just recently watched uh, Color Round of Space. Oh, yeah. Good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the ending in Color Round of Space is a lot like the opening in this story. 100%. (laughs) And and honestly, for that movie, that movie is very like when I watched it, I like I've read the story, and it is strangely and refreshingly close to the core plot and and material that came from the book. It's just basically a modernized version. Like they just basically they took the story and pushed it to the the modern day. Um, but the story beats are all there. So yeah, yeah. So. Basically, when when I read the the first paragraph, I got some very uh, interesting color and space vibes from this. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I could definitely see that because yeah, this. I, I I mean, I almost wonder maybe like that was another inspiration for the story. Was or, well, it's also kind of a not a common thing, but it's a uh, 
it is a yeah there's definitely there's definitely some like not if there's not like inspiration from it there is definitely some um some influence from like that that part of horror pop culture in this story of like the 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 uh the old man or the old like the uh, the person who survived the events recounting the events and such mm-hmm. yeah so that that was just sort of an offhand thought that i had nope, my first I've... thought <laughs> uh and then um some uh, critically silliness here oh <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, at the end of main street we crossed buchanan and entered the park uh, why did you piss off buchanan <laughs> I knew, you know, as soon as I read that, I was like, I wonder if any of you, I wonder if the other guys are going to like, like ask, uh, like why, like, uh, like if you Buc- like, uh, they're going to confuse Buchanan with a street or a person. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yep. <laughs> well, but I mean, they could have easily solved that by saying Buchanan Street, Buchanan Drive, Buchanan Boulevard. <laughs> like, you're right. But they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Informal writing. Yay. Uh, all right. And uh, did uh, any of you notice the um, weird sphere monster that I envisioned? Sorry? <laughs> but the there's a monster? sentence here. He was all angles. All knees, elbows, and shoulders. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's, sphere is kind of like a lack of angles. Yeah, yeah. What, what yeah, does it say? But, <laughs> yeah, so so he was all the angles. <laughs> which a sphere technically has all the angles. But made up of it, it, knees it, and elbows and shoulders. Hang on, it, it, I, hang on. Where's my where's right. my percentile dice? I need to roll sanity. <laughs> All right, go for it. Uh, hang on, hang on. Forty four out of thirty. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you had to pick your own current sanity. <laughs> well, I just like my my sand's been degrading uh, with every uh, every encounter with Mikey. Do sense for evil? Yeah, understandable. <laughs> Every time you guys do like a a, 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 a SNTF thing, or well, or he makes something, it, dude. or he makes something, yeah, that's part of my insanity. Oh right, right. right. Uh, or like every time he brings up like something that makes the story better or worse, I have to roll sand. Mm-hmm. It's like dealing with an eldritch horror every week. <laughs> uh, but yes, you assign yourself a sand score and actually roll sand every time and see what happens. I should, yeah. I should just, you actually go nuts. That'll be a Cthulhu game we run where we just play ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, I don't think we had the same envisioning as you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I will say that, like, yeah, like it, it's a very interesting description of a guy who's just basically like moving all around and 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 like bending all his knees and and arms and legs and stuff of like that to keep up to the beat. But it is a descriptor of a person. <laughs> and I, I I like your I like your non Euclidean geometric description of like a sphere. Like, oh, it's a sphere. It's all angles. Ah. <laughs> That's something a Cthulhu monster would say. 
Are you from Riley? You have to tell me if you're from Riley, Mikey. <laughs> I think it's for him to know and you to find out. And 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 learn the horrible truth and roll sand. Mm-hmm. Damn you, sir. <laughs> Damn you straight to hell. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes. Hi. Hey. <laughs> uh, and then my last actual thought here is um, that's the story of what happened. The others won't tell it or pretend it never happened. Never mind the 21 people that vanished that night, the mayor's wife included. They'd rather not think about it. Like, 21 people just went missing. Why is no one talking about it? Why is there no investigation? Uh, my guess, uh, the supernatural um, trauma they incurred. They all lost like 10 to 20 sanity. So they all got like amnesia. It, it's like, the, uh, it's like the, the power that it or Pennywise has in, in Derry. People just don't do anything about what goes on in Derry because of the, the power of, of Pennywise. Also, I really thought you were going to say Supernatural Task Force. <laughs> <laughs> also, that could be too. Yeah, it could be like a Men in Black thing where they just like, they just, there's a, there's a massive cover up. Um, and the all only the street person- lights, all the red lights are actually neuralizers. Yep, clearly. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, the electric company came in like back in like in 57 um, or like 56 or like, or like late in 56 and uh, changed all the lights and then immediately like set off a, uh, uh, as soon as like the lights went on the that night, um, everybody got neuralized. It was all overnight, like a, an overnight cover up. I mean, they do it during the day while people are walking around, but yeah. Well, I mean, like I mean, like during the day they set up all the neuralizers, and then at night oh, yeah. when the lights go on, boom. <laughs> and then and then the survey team went in and just like what you witnessed was not a supernatural thing. In fact, uh, and they basically just kept like, like whoever, whoever knew the people like personally or like, like through family way means or something like that. They just said that like, you never had a, this person or you never knew this person. And the only person that, that knows the truth is George because he somehow managed to escape being neuralized. He's the one. Why am I helping them? (laughs) 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 But he's so good at being blind. He doesn't act like he's blind. Yeah. Exactly. He knows the town so good. He can just yep. walk. It doesn't matter. Yep. Well, I mean, clearly they didn't they didn't keep the neuralizers in the lamps because otherwise they just have to keep doing it every night. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like it was like literally a two night a two day spree a two day uh, cover up where like the first day they came in, changed all the lights. Then that night neuralized. Then the next day, while they were cover while they were giving everybody the uh, the false uh, memories and stuff like that of what happened, they um. Uh, they also had a team that was removing all the neuralizer bulbs. I feel like it's way easier just the it's already hooked up in there and there's a normal light that works as well. But when they need to neuralize the entire town, they press a button and oh, it works. God, that opens up the <laughs> like the the, the 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 like nationwide conspiracy that like the the SNTF has like has infiltrated like the electric company. Uh-huh. Yep. And so like the lighting like the lighting infrastructure of every town in all of North America. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the world. Wow. You're welcome. Uh, hang on a second, guys. I just need to show by me. I'm just going to roll another bout of sanity. Yeah, you're doing that a lot today, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. 
70, 70. Awesome. I need to. All right. That's the way I have to get that. I guess that's like two more sand loss. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just start screaming. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks. That. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm of course oh, joking. I am. I am of course joking. I. It. it I find it very interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that that was the end of my actual thoughts. All right, uh, gamer. All righty then. So when I first started reading this, oh god, am I bringing up the same? Yeah, I am. Okay. I am bringing up this the same first thing I brought up last time, but it's not grammar-related this time. So, there are a few now left alive who remember the song and dance, man. Time has claimed the ones that survived the long night, and I'm sure they went willing to meet their maker. So, those are two, the first two sentences. Sentence yeah. one, just I got out of it, is there's only a few people left who remember. Sentence two says that everyone died. Or <laughs> <laughs> are they all dead or not? Yeah, it's Schrodinger's townsfolk. Are they yeah. dead or are they alive? And then the next line after that, it says the ones still left, Bill, Sarah, and Sam. I'm like, I guess there are survivors. So I had whiplash right from the get go. Yeah. yeah, it's trying to say that there's not many of the people left who survived who survived that incident. And like, in fact, there's like probably only like what four people left. So you just need to try and say that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the part that confused is time has claimed the ones that survived the long night, and I'm sure they went willing to meet their maker, as in they happily died, and all of them happily died. Yeah, they didn't. Well, I mean, yeah. the ones that survived. I mean, like, yeah, it's it is kind of because of the way it's written, it kind of conf- is kind of convoluted or confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and time didn't claim the twos, threes, or fours, so we're good. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, San again. <laughs> Break those dice by the time we're done. Because time has claimed the ones that survived, not the twos, uh... threes, or fours. <sighs> Gamer, roll San. Just roll it. I don't have my dice out, man. I'll roll right. for you. I'll roll no, for you. I'll get my dice out. Hang on. I'm going to do this again. All right. Which one have my percentile? It's not a D20. It's, 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 a, it's a percentile oh, I dice. I know. Yeah, that's my shot of run dice. I think it's these ones then. There we go. Okay. There we go. What's my current sand? Uh, your current sand is 50. Cool. I did not do it. I rolled a 99. <laughs> All right. You, you lost five sand. Cool. <laughs> we keep those out just in case. Yep. Okay. So that's a uh, note one. Yep. That's five sand. There, wrote it down. Um, <laughs> um, next one. Um, I've lived a good long time. But I ain't ever seen a man eat so many chicken wings. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I never seen a man eat so many chicken. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! That's my uh, second song-related reference in this. <laughs> shit. 
as Brian Boitano, by the way, for those who don't know. Please look yeah, it up. From, it's the hilarious. Movie, from the South Park movie. Yeah. Hmm. So then, um, actually, my last one, I didn't really have too many notes on this. Uh, hang on one second. So my last one, because I didn't really break down a lot of notes on this, surprisingly, is um, regards to Belkarn itself. So when it first came mm-hmm. up, it says, um, the song and dance man came to Belkarn with little fanfare in the fall of 56. So I read that as like, the song Person. and dance man came to this woman. Yeah. And she's going to be the focus of the story. So for the whole yep. story, I'm like, where the hell is this Bell character? <laughs> and near the end, it's like, she left and went to college. But like Bill, she got pulled back to Bell Car. And I'm like, oh. It's the town. <laughs> it was the town the whole time. Yeah, it, it could. I, I mean, there are hints in the sto- in the beginning of the story that that kind of lend to 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 assume. I know how much you hate assuming. Yeah. Bell Karn is not a person, but a place. Yeah, it's like the street situation that Mikey brought up. Yeah, if it was the town of Bell Karn, then there you go, not a problem. I feel like this old man would just like be groaning every time you guys ask a question from his story. Or from when, when you're him telling the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all my notes are just confusions. Yeah, but there weren't that many about the sense of it. Hmm. I understood most of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, if that's the end of actual thoughts, I guess we move on mm-hmm. to our final segment, the final thoughts. Guys, I enjoyed the read, um, despite it, some of its flaws, like Again, like the grammar and stuff of that, the the ends and conjunctions and stuff of that. I I didn't care. Uh, I I loved the story. Um, I I did, although I did ultimately see the outcome of going into the tent and stuff like that. Like I knew, like I saw that kind of ahead of time, and I was like, you know what? I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> and um, yeah, I enjoyed it like thoroughly. Um, I my only real big like the only real takeaway like issue with the story is i wish it had a stronger connection to icker falls other than being in possibly west virginia we don't even know if it's in west virginia <laughs> um it has to though because i sung the song yeah i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang on hang on hang on my last so sand roll of the day or the, of the, of the is episode. It, is it really <laughs> 97 <laughs> All right, that's five sand. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm feeling kind of woozy in the head. Um, but yeah, no, I, I honestly, like, seriously, in all seriousness, I, I enjoyed the read. Um, there's a lot of ideas in the story, like, that you could use for a fodder for a Cthulhu game, um, like, for a tabletop RPG scenario. Um, I just wish it was closer to, uh, there was some kind of connection to Icker Falls that I didn't see. Um, Otherwise, I recommend. So, yeah, that's that's my final thoughts and recommendations. So, Mikey, these stands for evil. Your verdict. Um, yeah, it was an enjoyable read for the most part. Mm. Even though there was grammar issues, it's chalked up to it how the character was portraying what he was writing. Mm-hmm. So a creepypasta. It wouldn't be a proper creepypasta if there weren't grammatical issues. I mean, yeah. that's that's part of the part of the allure of creepypastas <laughs> is the is the amateur horror writing. Yeah, that, at its roots, that is. Reason. Yeah, like 
at the end of the day, creepypasta are just like campfire stories or like spooky ghost stories that people tell on the internet. And so, yes, of course, there's going to be spelling issues because they're they're like usually just written up and posted. Um, the person does like sometimes does a a, a job of, of editing, but most of the time it's just posted out there raw for people to see and and get spooked from. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give this a story recommendation. And uh, with the SNTF or Supernatural Task Force, it's definitely a recommendation because it fills that hole of why no one really explained what happened or I mean, got it, the police it, involved or anything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they did kind of in that, like, even without the SNTF, it does explain that, like, um, because they all suffered such like a traumatic episode from the events that no one wants to talk about. It's like the people from the movie uh, Darkness Falls, where like there's this clear like serial killer that's been around since like the town's inception, but no one talks about the uh, about the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> like it's it's it is it, everyone knows about the Tooth Fairy witch ghost that steals children in the darkness. But no one talks about her. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, I mean, again, it, it yeah, it, it, the SNTF thing's also a good cop out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the uh, the end of your recommendations. <laughs> yes, recommended and really recommended. All right, um, gamer, you're up. Alrighty. Well, um. For me, I will um, also recommend it. It was an enjoyable read, and I didn't have to question too much on it. Um, it's a story that had characters. There was no Nair. I love Nair, but getting way too many roles. They need to let the little guys, like George, show up, you know? And uh, all the different characters had different personalities. You found out what happened to them and where they ended up by the end. Uh, the Song of Dance Man is a creepy character visually if he's not a blob and um and in what he does as well he's he's like surprisingly chill with what he does too because like he's there to strip take people but he's never aggressive about it he's, he's just like chill yeah it's it's not i mean it's it's predatory but not malicious yeah like I, I get what you're saying. Also, I, I have to agree with something that you brought up earlier, like just a second ago, with like the characters are all well developed. That's another thing about the story. We learn about about uh George and his friends for like three or four pages before the song and dance man even shows up. Hmm. And I was like I was like, wow, this is like like I don't hate this. <laughs> Like I, I liked, I like because you because it it makes the the ending of what happens to them just the sadder and more tragic in the in the horror of it. Yeah, exactly. To care yeah. about the characters before bad Ex- shit happens. Yeah, they're not cut out. They're not. I mean, they're they're kind of stereotypes of like the of the time period. Like we got Billy the jock and Sam the nerd, um, and Sarah the over uh, the overexcited uh, energetic girl character, and George, George being like the, and George just being the white bread. Uh, like main character kid, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like they're all like they're all well fleshed out. Like we care about these characters because they because of their interactions with one another. Like we get a feel for this gang of kids, and, and because of how well they're described, you 
can visualize them all in your head. Like I saw this playing out like I was watching a movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of got like sort of like the '50s style like Archie comic kind of characters, <laughs> and then bit. it went horror really fast. <laughs> <laughs> like it went from like Archie to like Archie as written by or as drawn by Junji Ito, the uh, the horror manga artist. <laughs> it went it went dark pretty fast, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like and I, yeah, it was good. But yeah, the it's basically just charming these people over like a multi hour period of mind control, and yeah. then taking uh, the week and just bailing. Also, yeah, the the thing about the dance, the so I get, apparently I had a lot more to say, but. <laughs> You you you're inspiring me to, to uh, for to say some things that I I had still in my noggin. Um, That's why there's more people here. We're bouncing ideas off each other. Um, the I'm also kind of reminded of the hocus pocus uh scene uh, like a setup where like they they make all the parents and like adults um like dance and uh, like dance and dance and dance like the night away, and they don't because mm-hmm. they're under a spell like because she like because. Uh, Winifred Sanderson literally put a spell on all the adults to dance until they die. Um, and then at the in the morning when when the the witches all die or when the witches are all vanquished, there's a scene of all the all the parents walking out of the uh, the dance hall. It's like all sweaty and just like super tired. It's like whoa! I thought I thought uh, I thought L.A. was a crazy town. <laughs> and, and like, but it makes me wonder. It's like like man, that's like the the PG version of what happened to this town. <laughs> Like, yeah, what happened if like much. if those people like what happened to, like if, like I wonder like is there any sort is there any like people who didn't make it through the night in in Hocus Pocus <laughs> like some people that were left behind in the dance hall and they're just dead on the floor yeah because I mean it was all the adults and all the grown ups so like it was basically the same kind of si- situation or scenario mm-hmm. yeah there would have been some people that just passed out yeah and did not wake up with popsicle sticks in their mouth they just never woke up. Ever mm-hmm. again, <laughs> never ever. But yeah, um, most creepy pastas they have like the mundane monster, and then he like he'll turn into some monstrous thing, and yeah, that's effective. But it's basically just like gore porn. If he's just yeah. turning into a huge monster, just like slashing everyone, killing everyone, and locking them in the tent, like that's too easy. Yeah, but because of how long the story is and how you get to know the characters and. Like you said before, Cultus, the the long segment of just them being trapped, it gets you in the head of these characters, so you know what it would be like. Um, yeah, he's he's not malicious with it. He just wanted to take some zombies and then just leave. That's basically what he did, and he's just gone forever. Yeah, exactly. He sounds like he never even returned to that town. Yeah, yeah. He he just moved on to the next town or to the next uh, to his next uh, his next herd of cattle. Much, yeah. And that's kind of what it seemed like. I, I, either like, yeah, he's he's recruiting zombies for his uh, for his. He's some kind of like necromancer or sorcerer. That's another like take we could take from this. He could just be like a cultist, like a mythos sorcerer, who has a, a, a the guitar, uh, the the not the guitar, the the fiddle is his uh, is his magical artifact um, that he uses for necromancy. Cross class necromancer and bard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pathfinder. Oh man, I could I could use this character in in our Pathfinder games. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, that or like, um, or it's some kind of like he's using them as food. Like he's uh, he's uh, using them in like in his in his rituals or in like either as a as a food source or as a power source. So yeah, there's there's so many like it's for something for something that's not really mentioned. Like it, it's it's not really said directly what he plans on doing with these characters. He just mm-hmm. is there, does his thing, and then leaves and like leaves with a bunch of the uh, 
the people who didn't survive. But yeah. despite that, despite that lack of information, I don't like. I don't think it's an incompetent story because, like, even though there's a ton of fodder for us to work with for like a game idea or something like that, it there's enough information here to like enjoy the story. Yeah, yeah. Like after reading it, I'm not like I need to know what he wanted with the bodies. Like I am per- perfectly um, satisfied with how it went because I don't need. I don't feel like I need to know. Where with a lot of other stories. I, it feels like I'm left in the dark unnecessarily. Yeah. And this I'm not. Partially because it puts you in um, George's head. Why? So why would we know? Because he's he's the only information we have. Yeah. Basically, like mm-hmm. we're the we're the Delta Green agents talking to old George, getting yeah. the information because maybe this has happened to, again. This could be the Cthulhu. This could be the Delta Green game. Like the <laughs> this is happening. Like a couple of other towns have, have experienced this, and so. Um, uh, but we find out that like Belcairn was where it kind of started, or where like one of the like the most the most like like one of the uh, the the earliest uh, versions of it happening. So like they go and investigate. They find out that most of the town doesn't like want to talk about it, but they find the one guy, George, and then they. It, this is basically the interview process, or the the uh, the 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 interview with him on, on what happened that day. Like he's basically just a, a like a, a mythos survivor. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent, he is. Oh, god, this is such a bountiful story for for ideas mm. and fodder and inspiration. Mm. I just wish I it had more connections to faults. <laughs> well, I mean, I made up my own connection, so it's fine. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what uh, was your connection? Basically, that the the fiddle was a oh, um, yeah. magical artifact of Icar Falls, and it was taken at some point. Yeah, like I I feel like the uh, the. If we were, if I was going to write this, I, I might make it a Delta Green game that is based off of Vicar Falls. So, like, maybe like the the final like bit of like researched information is that a a fiddle of this of this kind was was created in Icar Falls and uh, had been sitting in the uh, in like either like the the person like either the person's uh, musical um, location like in in his like in his studio or whatever or. Um, had been sitting as an artifact in the museum of in the in the yeah. Icker Falls like uh, historical society museum and got stolen before the fifties, mm-hmm. and then that's where we get our and then maybe the thief is is really just like this the the song and dance man who's been controlled by the fiddle. Yes, that's at least my headcanon after reading the story. Yeah. Wow. And um, or what, Mikey? Oh well, uh, with all this talking, uh, my headcanon is that. Uh... The song and dance man is a member of the supernatural task force because he's collecting the old and feeble to feed to harder con- to contain supernatural creatures. Uh, that's twenty nine out of twenty <laughs> uh, twenty nine out of thirty two, probably at this point. <laughs> uh-huh. No way! I said I had. Uh, I said I started with thirty. Damn it! I'm actually over. Uh, damn it! I've lost more sand. <laughs> damn it! Damn it. <laughs> Getting really close to that ten, ten, uh, that ten, uh, ten sanity in one episode. <laughs> yep. I also have to go fight a Bayaki for a couple of a couple of rounds and grind some sand back. But also, yes, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no. The last thing I have to wonder is essentially the the deal with Sam. Is he partially indoctrinated still? I, I think by that's the end, like the yeah. smile and everything on him is. It's almost like he's. 
partially still under the mind control. So, so my theory here is that they're all still technically like basically like this is part of the the trauma of, of the, and like the scar the mental scarring that they've all suffered. And I think this is also why they all like kind of went their separate ways and don't talk to each other because if they start talking to each other and like hanging out, they start kind of remembering what happened and they start going under the influence again. So like if you know cuz like cuz like the characters like even I think Billy like ha- like is drinking himself into a stupor but it still has like a gla- glassy eye stare occasionally. Yeah. Um and yeah like they all have gone their separate ways they all don't want to talk to one another because of what happened. But Sam and George are keeping ties together but he but George uh keeps his distance like doesn't stay there long because of uh, cuz it could happen again or cuz hmm. they could get trapped again. Yeah. One thing that sucks though aren't the only four that got out yeah town got out but these are the only stories we know of yeah and because everybody else is like either like they've they've developed um amnesia or they they just don't want to talk about it and so yeah i'm surprised that like not more people like basically vacated the town although it does say that like the people that were there that night with the exception of the four have all died because they were all older people yeah, it says time has claimed yeah because it's, and, and survivors I, and I mean that makes sense because time like like people have people die of old age or of disease and whatnot to they, the point they were where kids at the time yeah these kids well we only really see these kids <laughs> we don't really see like the majority of the people that we see, that we see in the in the dance uh, in the dance uh, tent with the kids is older people that's what I'm saying yeah they were kids at the time and at the end they're elderly. So yeah, anyone older than them, it's rough to see if any of them are still alive at that point. So yes, yeah. that part's fine. But mm-hmm. and I mean, it even no, goes on oh. to say like because I think uh, it insinuates that one of them contracted cancer and died in the nineties. Um, yeah. I can't remember the other. Uh, somebody's like liver has gone on them or something. I think that might be Billy with his drinking. Uh, I don't know. One but of them yeah. was uh, smoking. They had to have a, a lung removed. Oh, that was Billy. Yeah. So. But yeah, like it is kind of odd. Like yeah, like it, it's it's that creepy, scary story kind of thing where like everyone like should have like left the town, but they kind of got trapped in it. So mm. it is kind of also a color out of space scenario because in the color out of space, um, the reason why no one leaves um, the farm when the color's there is because the the color has like an influence on them, uh, like a malaise. Like they 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 stay on the in the on the uh, the farm even though they should leave. Like by all logical sense, they should leave, but because of the effects of the of the color out of space, it it basically keeps them there from because of lethargy and and like other types of influence, like psychological. Mm-hmm. So, again, the lasting after effects of this thing entering their town and fucking them all over. Hmm. It does make the the monster feel more dangerous because we see these long-lasting effects where most stories is just this happened this person died oh i'm so scared hope it doesn't yeah. show up again but then that's it yeah we get to see some of the existential dread from the, from this from the uh the horror that happens it's not just the like the str- like the the direct um like in your face like event it's also what happens after a traumatizing event hmm. just adds to the immersion which i like so yeah. overall i really enjoyed this Mm-hmm. Not too much I can recommend to change, aside from that confusing start where I'm like, "Is everyone dead or not?" <laughs> Where the hell is Belle? Where the hell is she? <laughs> Where's Belle? Is there yeah. a beast? 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think I think honestly, like, given like that, we continued talking about the story even during our final thoughts um, yeah. and recommendations, and the fact that all of our recommendations are positive for the story. Um, like it was it was a roundhouse, um, uh, round table round table recommendation, roundhouse to the face for the story. <laughs> I, I I I I'm very pleased with the uh, with the story as as you guys are. And so, yeah, um, we hope, we hope you, the listener, uh, enjoyed and we'll go check out the story, um, and judge for yourselves. Uh, if you liked what you heard, or if you didn't leave us a comment in the comment section below, or this gets posted, whether it be on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr. Uh, you can also send us messages on Twitter. Mikey is at the East stands for evil. Gamer in yellow is at the gamer in yellow, but without that W because his name is too damn long. And I'm at review cultist. You can also leave us emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Where you can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas, SCPs, spooky stories, sightings, cryptids from the internet. Let us know. We will do kitchen egg episodes. We will do discussions. We will review your story and critique it to the standards of our show from the last six years. So, yeah. and if you'd like to help support the show financially, you can go to Patreon. Look at Baldente Rigamortis and select the back tier you'd like to support us at. We have $2 and $5 tier with special episodes, early access, and special content. For our patrons that are already helping support the show, thank you guys immensely because you're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as always, we very much appreciate that. And to our listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you guys immensely. Seriously, without your listenership, we wouldn't have much of a show. And without your stories that you write and post online for people to enjoy and read and get spooked by, we really wouldn't have much of a show. So thank you. Um, for our listeners, by the way, if you'd like to uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes or any other pod, uh, podcasting uh, service that you uh, listen to us on, that'd be really helpful for uh, for getting us uh, uh, more attention on those uh, streaming sites. Just, just saying. So until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. I am Mikey. The E stands for evil. The gamer in yellow. And this has been Al Dente Rigamortis. Sleep well. <laughs>